Welcome to Kick Some ADHD, the podcast for professionals and business owners who struggle to stay focused and get the important stuff done. We'll help you understand how to maximize the unique advantages that come with ADHD and learn ways to keep the struggles and negative impacts at bay. Now, here are your hosts, ADHD coach for professionals, Dana Rayburn, and digital marketing strategist, David Johnson. Yay, it's, it's my favorite time of the week again. Dana, we get to kick some ADHD. David, let's do this. And I hope you're not anxious about our conversation this I week. I've been kind of dreading it, you know. I have, like, I've been restless, you know, uh, kind of, I don't know, headaches. Nervous. Yeah, and like Hard I just had that pit on my stomach feeling like, oh, I don't know. No, he doesn't. He's Not really. just pulling your leg. I don't ever dread this, but this topic is like, yeah, I, yeah, it, it yeah, it's familiar. Let's say it's familiar. <laughs> this was one he picked. He said, I want to talk about this. And what we're talking uh, about today in episode number, but on bump 47, is right. kick your ADHD inflamed anxiety. I like the choice of term here, inflamed. <laughs> I thought <that laughs> because, was good. Because sometimes that's how it feels. It's just inflamed right now. I'm, I, yeah. am, I am dealing with a lot of anxiety. It's inflamed. Yeah, well, that's what anxiety feels like. Is It's just like, it, it's just like a garbage fire, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's true. It feeds itself. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, it feeds itself, and it's just out of control, and it'll move different ways, and that's what anxiety it can feel like. And one of the things that I want people to realize is that about 30 to 40% of people with ADHD have some sort of anxiety disorder. Mm. That can include obsessive compulsive disorder, phobias, social anxiety, PTSD, panic panic disorders. That's according to Dr. Roberto Oliverdia, who is a clinical psychologist at Harvard Medical School. He's a great guy. It's interesting that because because that that implies like an actual comorbid disorder, not general anxiety, which is like okay. So because. Yeah. If 30 to 40% of us have something diagnosable in that way, okay. then, like, I'm not here, sure that mine would rise to I that think. level. Here's yeah, what I ahead. think. And I don't like the word comorbid. That just sounds so oh, awful. It does I, sound I, awful. I prefer I'm coexisting. Sorry. No, comorbid is the official word, but Medical I prefer term. the, yeah, I prefer coexisting because comorbid, I mean, that's just, it's bad enough as it is. So right. here's what I believe, and this is, obviously unscientific but i think a lot of that is because of adhd and and we have to tweeze out what is anxiety on its own Mm -hmm. and what is caused by the adhd yeah for sure and you i don't know how you would do that even if even as a clinical psychologist i know they have procedures but I mean, really, you know, does one cause the other? Is the other caused by the one? I, I feel like if you live long enough with ADHD, there will be reasons for you to have anxiety regardless yeah. of anything else going on, you know? Yeah, yeah. And But what you what we want to know is it is it anxiety on its own? Right. Is it a true coexisting condition? Or is it a ADHD-fueled anxiety because of your life is so out of control? You, know, you never know when the other shoe's going to drop. 
Um, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But before cool. we do that, some people may not know what it feels like to be anxious and have ADHD. Imagine I would love that. to be you. If, the, if you're listening and you don't know <laughs> yeah. what, it, what it feels like, I would just love to be you for, I don't know, a few days. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's talk about some of what it feels like to be anxious. It's it's restless. It's fidgeting. It's nervous. Uh, if it's really bad, you can be dizzy, nauseous, have headaches, muscle tension, stomach aches. It, it's rumination. You just can't get the thought out of your mind. Yes. Um, that's it's sleeplessness for me. I know when I'm anxious, if I wake up in the middle of the night and, and I can be anxious about silly things for no reason at all. Just because my history with ADHD is I know, okay, this is a place where the, the ice is thin, where I have had problems in the past. I don't have those problems anymore, but I still can get anxious. Right. And yeah, so you got to know what your symptoms, the anxiety symptoms are, what your body does, what you feel like. And then we're going to talk about what to do about it. And David, what are some of your anxiety symptoms? You, you've described them. I think... Um... I think one of the things that I will notice is if I'm particularly anxious, and this is where the, the whole thing feeds itself, if I know, like, let's say I've got something that's going off the rails slowly, a project, a work thing, or whatever, it's going off the rails, and then I get that that sort of dread, oh, I gotta do, I gotta do something about that, and then that will cause me to not be able to concentrate well, which... So I end up having, you know, distractibility that's above and beyond normal, right? Mm -hmm. And then and then that causes me to have more things go off the rails, which gives me more reasons to have existential dread. <laughs> right? So, right. Yeah, it's like a terrible uh, self-fueling situation. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's maybe worth mentioning that a lot of these symptoms don't just overlap with ADHD. They also overlap with depression. Yes. And virtually yes. anyone with depression also has anxiety. I don't think yeah. you can have and, depression without anxiety. You know? Right. And and when I was writing this and putting this together, you specifically asked for anxiety. I was very conscious that should should we include depression in this? Because there's such a correlation. Right. Um, you could basically change change the word anxiety for depression throughout much of what we're going to be talking about today and you'll you'll track it'll track the same well leave it to me to insert it when you had decided to leave it out so no but it's important <laughs> no, to say david I, I was I think so. thinking of saying that anyway because a lot of people get depressed and is it and then we also look at the same thing is it depression that you have because you are depressed or are you depressed because you're ADHD has snarled your life so much that you just feel like everything's lost and there's no yeah. hope. I, I, sh I will also add, and we can talk about this as little or as much as you like, but I, I will also add that I don't think I dealt with anxiety very much until about three years ago when hmm. some things in my life started to happen and, and, and I connected some dots mentally and realized, oh, I'm always going to have some version of these problems that I'm carrying around. And then I think some depression set in as a result. And that that, that actually caused my anxiety to go through the roof. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually yeah. way better now than even I was like a year ago. But Well, that's but because you talk to me all the time. Now. It's true. I mean, we started the podcast, you know, we're, this is a, I haven't checked the dates. Is this a year since we launched? Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, it does, doesn't possibly. matter. 
But yeah, I do. I enjoy talking Squirrel. with you. It's helpful. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So let's, so what we want to start looking at, is it anxiety on its own or is it ADHD fueled anxiety? Um, is that's important because that helps you know the treatment you need to sure. take and, and if the focus needs to be ADHD in, instead. So it's, it's, it's what what comes first and how do you decide what are you anxious about you know and if it's generalized anxiety disorder you might be anxious about just about everything right and, and like you, you said you wake up in the middle of the calm. night and no reason for that thing to have been triggered but you had the anxiety about it. and of course yours is specific to adhd yeah i, think, but, I know exactly what mine is I but can, when you and, have I, that and, happen, and i paid attention enough that i can pinpoint it and and know and i think mine is too like i don't I, it's it's correlated with depression but it's not I don't, I don't, I wouldn't approach it separately from, you know, like in yeah. other words, if I can continue to improve the ADHD related stuff, the not rest of this if, is going to settle. David, not if, when. Well, okay, good. I as appreciate I, that. Yes. Words as matter. I, it's true. No, as I continue to improve my ADHD related <laughs> stuff, anxiety and depression fade. Yes. Yes. And so with ADHD fueled anxiety, we're usually about anxious about things that are related to our ADHD challenges. It may be that you're missing deadlines, that you can't be productive, you can't follow routines, you can't be organized, you're always late, the kids are always late to school, you're, you know, you can't find your shoes when you need to leave the house, you've, you know, you're losing your phone, you're losing stuff. Actually, most of us never lose our phones. It's one of the things that's true. Lose. It's, such, it's yeah. such a source of dopamine. I'll never lose that. Day. Yeah, we, and I've noticed that with clients. We lose, we can lose just about anything else, but the phone usually doesn't get lost yeah. for very long. Um, anyway, so, you know, what, so you need to stand back and look at, huh, am I, can I be calm? Are there times when it's calm? Or, and are there and or am I always anxious? And are what are the things that that ignite the anxiety? So it's and, it's it's getting some introspection. Yeah, and I and I don't know you may you may address this already in your plan here, but I was I was also thinking about one of the things that happens with me is that a lot of times the anxiety becomes a motivator, like I'm. Oh, uh, I'm about to disappoint a client again. I got to, you know, so I, I have that anxiety that hits and then all of a sudden I can work on the project because it's about, it's on fire. Right. Yeah. And so, but there's anxiety around that. And then the, but that is such a negative pattern to be in. Right. Mm -hmm. it, you know, we should not have, let me not say should it, it isn't the case that we need the anxiety to fuel better productivity. Let's say in my that's my particular you know snare here, right? Yeah, and I wonder, David, if that's also just our need for the dopamine, the last minute dopamine kick to really be able to focus. I think it's hard to tweeze those out. Agreed, agreed. But I I don't I don't but the want anxiety the is gonna yeah the anxiety is gonna play right in there. Yeah, and it's gonna make it worse. Like if we yes. as we get as we get healthier in our approach to things, you know, find the dopamine elsewhere or or you know, prevent the 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 disaster from nearly happening every time or happening as the case may be, then then we'll 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 need it less, right? You know, the the, the negative emotion. 
It's right. the negative emotion and the chemicals and the things that happen in the body that I'm concerned about. Because that's all stress. That's like such negative stress. It's not good for our health. It's not you good know? for our health. And it doesn't help. It doesn't accomplish no. a damn thing. No, it doesn't. No, that's yeah. true. Yeah. You had asked me to include a thing about words that trigger ADHD-fueled anxiety. Oh, Here's- wow. I remember this now. Oh, crap. <laughs> this was, Dad, oh. this was a, a request, a song request. All right. I'm not going to listen as you talk through this part. I'll be back in a few. <laughs> Actually, I need you here because I <laughs> I didn't flush this out as much. But um, <laughs> what my what I believe is when you hear these words and you're, the pit of your stomach clenches, that there's a sign. You got some ADHD management work to do. You know, if, if that is truly a sign that it's a, it is an ADHD fueled anxiety. Um, one of my <laughs> favorite things every, not every year, but sometimes in the success club, when we, we do two modules on routines, morning routines and evening routines. And then we talk about work time routines as well. But one of my, um, not every year, but sometimes I'll say, just even say the word routine and every oh. you know hands will go up and people will start to groan oh, oh i can't gosh, even yeah. deal with that word can you use a different word than routine i said you no know, no what we need to do is change your your viewpoint and in, in, around routine that it's it's actually can be your friend and you just have to know how to do them right so routines Ooh. habits boredom um, boring boring sameness yeah. you know i don't yeah those those Deadlines. are all that's not a word that i use a lot but if i you know what i mean the concept of everything's going to be the same every day <sighs> you know yeah due dates right. deadlines yeah. oh my gosh i used to i used to want the bumper sticker that said you know i love deadlines i love the whooshing sound they make when they fly by <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's not really a joke anymore that i can laugh at you know yeah. um one for me is if i hear from a client an email or a phone call or a voicemail or whatever and it says we need to talk mm. oh gosh yeah i know that one you know almost any word around accountability from someone that i am in the habit of disappointing there's a habit yikes um those words will just and, and even if even if you know like i'll call the client they have nothing to complain about it's uh, yeah, we got to talk about this other thing or whatever, but I wish they had specified that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, ah, you know. Yeah. No, I've had that one where you just know. Yeah. Or if, you're, if your partner or your spouse says, we need to talk. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But- so I've, I've, I've had to really do a lot of work myself to manage the expectation that that will always be something negative. Sometimes it is something negative. But, you know, a good chunk of the time, those kinds of things that are very anxiety inducing, there's not actually anything negative going on at all. But my script in my brain has played it out already. Oh, my gosh. And so I I pick up the phone. I'm already apologizing. Well, I had to I made it a rule years ago in the business. Don't apologize. If there is something to apologize for, then do it. But don't you know what I mean? Like, don't lead with the apology because, you know, I'm I'm injecting my own perspective into this stuff. And I can actually create a client, a relationship problem where there isn't one. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's wonderful uh, self-introspection on your part. That's a great awareness. Well, thank you. No, that, and that's exactly what we want is that you, instead of just falling into the anxiety over and over again, you notice, oh, what's the trigger? Okay. And, and how can I, how can I solve this? I may not be able to make it totally go away, but what do I need to do to be aware of it, to catch it before I just fall into that fire? Yeah. For sure. 
Yeah. Um, and so what we want then, David, dearest, is that you start to do that for other ADHD symptoms, actions, things, triggers that fuel your anxiety. Like reframing them or re- repositioning yep. how they're... Okay. You know, okay. Yeah. So, you know, what's real? Yes. Yeah. Don't you know, make oh, the oh. assumption. Right. Right. No ass ooming. Yes. I'm familiar with that one. <laughs> okay. All too well. So um, there are a, a few symptoms that can fuel anxiety, ADHD symptoms. One is you just can't trust yourself. You know, you you, you are never sure if you're going to be able to complete a task, how it's going to play out, how an event's going to play out. Um, and that was one thing it, as I got better and better at managing my ADHD, that took a number of years to be able to really trust myself. Wow. Yeah. And that was when, that's what I talk about now with clients is that my goal for them is they create a new image of themselves, which means essentially that you can trust yourself to do what you say you're going to do to be the person you intend to be. And, that, and that's, that is, wow. that's just the sea change that I'm after with everybody. So this is the, the core of that. You just cannot trust yourself. That's okay. This is, um, this is my next therapy session, right? <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> no, it is true though. This is, I absolutely arrived at this place several years ago. Like I just realized, you know what? I can't trust myself. I can't make a commitment to anyone, any commitment I make. I feel like I'm just going to break it. And I also feel like there is still to some degree a pattern where if I know that I've disappointed the that person, whoever they are, client, friend, you know, whatever, um, multiple times, the dread of doing it again almost makes me more likely to do it again. Like there's this subconscious process at work where I sabotage, you know, and I don't yeah. realize it until it's like, oh, man. And so that way I end up consistently disappointing the same person over and over. Oh, interesting. It's terrible. It's yeah. It's interesting. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's sad. It's terrible, but well, that's me. Oh, that's interesting. Um, it is though. I mean, you, you would, you would see it as a problem to solve. I, I see yeah. it that way too when and I'm emotionally distanced from it. <laughs> right. And that's part of what we need to, and we're going to be talking about that more and then, um, a little bit. And if not a little bit today, it'll be next, next week. Oh, but okay. starting to look at things as a problem to solve instead of a, instead of just wallowing in the problem. Yeah, because problems are interesting. Challenges, right? Yeah, Puzzles. it's just a challenge. It's that's, just a that's interesting. that needs to be done. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so uh, again, after you just can't trust yourself that you're going to do anything or what you say you're going to do and nothing's going to go right, um, we also have this fantastically fascinating unrealistic optimism. <laughs> Distorted positive thoughts, I think, is probably the clinical way they talk about it. Oh, I work best at the last minute, so I'm just going to put this off until the end. Um, you know, what other what other ways are we op- are, are we optimistic that I'm going to do the same thing over and over and over again? And it's going to turn out differently. This is where we have the dichotomy of we know we can't trust ourselves, and yet we unrealistically trust ourselves to be able to do the the whatever. You know, in some crazy way that has never worked before, <laughs> you know, yeah. but we, because we I think we selectively, you know, uh, destroy negative memories. And so we we tend to 
hang on to the more positive memories of past situations where like at the last minute it worked out really well you know and this is where i see the big difference between depression on its own and adhd fueled depression people that are depressed don't have that optimistic streak and people with adhd we can be unbelievably optimistic about things you are absolutely right. That is one of the things that I would tell you disappeared from my life two or three years ago. The uh, the unrealistic optimism was just gone. I was like, eh, no, it's not there anymore because depression had set in. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that so that's with my work with clients that that's what I see is the difference is depression on its de- depression that's worth... All depression needs to be addressed and treated, but it's depression that's deeper is there that optimistic streak is just gone. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a big sign for me and it, yeah. uh, it caused me to not do things in business that I normally would have done. I became yeah. more risk averse and I didn't chase after some opportunities that came along. You know what I mean? Like those were things because I just didn't trust myself. I'm like, well, I'm just going to F that up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then perfectionism. That's another ADHD symptom that fuels anxiety, David. Um, And we've talked about this one before. Perfectionism makes everything worse. And so there's, we got to look at two types of perfectionism here, the front end perfectionism. I have to be in the right mood. I have to have the right energy. Everything has to be just perfect for me to do something. Mm. And then the back end perfectionism is if I do this perfectly, then everything will be okay. They'll forgive me that it's late. They won't notice that I'm failing on other stuff. Everything will be better if I work really hard way over to make this perfect. Yep. And then it takes you so long that, that it just totally snarls everything up. Yeah. And then you don't have the energy and you're back in the front end version of it for everything else. (laughs) Like I don't have enough energy to do the the, the thing. Yep. Familiar with both of those. Yeah, I thought you might be. And then another symptom that can fuel anxiety is avoiding discomfort, avoiding difficult things. Um, you kind of learn to manage discomfort effectively. Is saying you, it, 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 we're, and we're going to talk about this more next week. Actually, these um, a lot of this got me, gave me the idea of okay, what are we going to talk about next week? Is um, but failing to manage the discomfort of the difficult, failing to step in and doing stuff, even if it's hard, leads to avoidance. It leads to procrastination. And then that makes everything worse. And then we get anxious. For sure. Yeah. Thoughts, yeah. questions? Make no, sense? No, I'm tracking. I think this is good. I, yeah, this is, this is true. Okay. Now, let's get to what everybody wants to know. Okay, okay, what do I do about it? How do I treat (laughs) my ADHD-fueled anxiety? Yeah. Bottom line, you gotta treat your ADHD. You just have to. (sighs) I know, and I say that every week. No, it's good, it's good. I mean, this gives us another carrot to hang out in front. Like, you could have less anxiety by working on the things that we yeah. know to work on consistently, yeah. which consistently yeah. is a trigger word. I'm sorry, I shouldn't use that one. <laughs> anyway, yeah. And so I, I like to look at it, okay, there's lifelong help for your ADHD-fueled anxiety, things that you just, you don't do this once. You got to say, okay, this is, I'm building 
slowly towards the rest of my life, I'm going to be able to manage these things. You got to get your brain to help you. Right. Even with the best systems, the best routines, the best habits, ba 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 da. If your brain is not working, it'll be harder to push through. It's it true. just will be. And I know for me, that was when I grabbed onto the brain care and started to realize, oh my gosh, this is the secret thing. This is really what helps is that's when everything started to really fall in place. Yeah. I can have the best system in the world, but if my brain isn't working, I can't follow through on the system. Right. Right. And and that's why I'm just, I, I feel like broken record about a lot of the stuff, but that's why I'm always just hammering on about the brain care. Uh, medication, the right stimulant medication at the right dose should not increase your anxiety. If it does, talk to your doctor. There's something else going on or it might not be the right medication. I did this and I am grateful. I switched and I and it recently increased the dose again, And but I'm on a different stimulant than I had been on and I'm still, I don't see the anxiety increase that I was dealing yeah. with. Yeah, good, good. Um, exercise. Uh, Dr. John Rady in his book, Spark, he, he says in there that exercise, specifically cardio, exercise can be as effective for anxiety as anti-anxiety medication. Wow. Cardio. Cardio. As effective as anti-anxiety meds. Yeah. And you and don't have to so, wait for a prescription for that. No, no. So how much, so this is when everybody needs to do their one little one rat study. How much exercise of what type, do, for how, how long, for what type, what strenuous, I'm not, I can't find the word. How strenuous does it need to be? What do I need, yeah. thank you very much, David, to, um, to be able to help my anxiety. Yeah, sorry, I'm making a note about the I book. I know he I is. I want to put and it I'm... in the show notes, and I and I apologize. <laughs> I should I shouldn't David, have done that right in front of you. I know. Um, no, I think that needs to be in the show notes because somebody like me is going to be like, I want to go read that book. You know, so I'm going to add it to the show notes. Actually, it's really a boring book. Okay. Well, now we know that, <laughs> so we won't click the link in the show notes. I get it from the <laughs> library and just skim it. Okay. All right. Anyway, but it's got some good information. In it. That's um, good. Gut care. We talked about this uh, a few weeks ago. Um, we did. Managing that serotonin, getting your, getting your gut to be supporting and helping you. That probiotics, help. prebiotics, fiber, all that stuff. There's a whole episode. Yeah. Go listen to it yeah. if you haven't heard Go it. It's listen really to good. It. Yeah, for sure. Sleep. Sleep helps us regulate our emotions. It may not reduce anxiety, but it's going to help you be able to regulate your emotions. So you'll be able to pull out of it easier to be able to say, okay. And yeah, I'm saying get sleep, but if you're anxious, you can't sleep. So yeah, there's a challenge there, but you can't just ignore it. You got to do something about it. No, you really do work on each of these things independently and they each help each other. And after a while, you've made progress in all of them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and this isn't something you do once. That's why right. I said you've got to do these things lifelong. This has to be your way of living. Eating healthy and regularly, it's going to help your brain help you. I have a friend who recently, she was spiraling, anxious and spiraling, and then I was talking to her, okay, what's going on? And she said, well, I'm I'm living off of Flaming Hot Cheetos for this week. And because, like, you know, something's going on, I can't get to the market. 
Oh, and we shifted our diet from Flaming Hot Cheetos. And guess what? The anxiety went away. Isn't that interesting? No Cheetos for you. Flaming Hot Steak instead. (laughs) (laughs) Or chicken. Lean, lean chicken. (laughs) And then, Um, and then also long-term treatments is building your personal systems, focusing on the specifically what causes your, you the most anxiety to start. Is it being late? Is it procrastination? Is it perfectionism? Is it losing stuff? Sit back and pay attention. What, what's the worst fuel on that flame? Makes a lot of sense, you know? Stop stop the thing from, from the fire from being fueled before you start trying to pour water on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then and then the last one in this in this part is getting realistic. And we'll talk more about this next week. Um Good. when we talk about ADHD sayings to live by. And that's an important one. So if you want to know what in the heck I mean by get realistic, tune in next week to Good your favorite stuff. kick some ADHD podcast. All right, so that's the long term care. Now, what about spot treatments? Yay. Like something I can do right this second, right? This is, thing, yeah, this is something so I'm, I'm I am, feeling the I symptoms. Am in the, I am in the throes of anxiety. What am I going to do about it? Okay. Okay. First thing, always deep breath. Just take a deep breath. Let it in. Slow out your mouth. Just do a couple of those. Just chill. That's going to help your vagus nerve. And we talked about that in the gut health. We did. Yeah. Makes a huge difference yeah and then you let's um flip into strategizing mode into problem solving mode what i notice with my clients and success club members and all of that is it's people spiral and stick on the problem instead of okay what am i going to do about it right don't stop at the problem assess strategize all right here's what's going on what's my next step What's a realistic plan? Again, back to that reality. What's realistic? Huh, is there a plan B? What if that doesn't go like I think it's going to? You know, what's the next step? What do I need to do to get yeah. out of this? Yeah. You're on and this, this, I like this too, because if you are able to compartmentalize the problem and the emotions and just pack it up and set it aside for a second, then you can you know, pay attention to the strategy, the, the realistic plan that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and that's what hopefully the deep breathing will do. Mm-hmm. Some people like to journal. They like to write when they're anxious and that's not something that works for me. So don't feel like you have to, you should write if you're anxious, but if it helps you notice what tools help you. Yeah. Do you process verbally more than, than yes. in, okay. So yes. see, I'm the other way around. I can process by writing. So journaling really works for me, but I know other yeah. people, they just, if they talk about it, they feel like way better. And it's like, yeah. no, if I talk about it, I just, it just draws my attention back to it. Whereas somehow journaling, I am able to let it go because right. I wrote it and, down. And for me, journaling, that just draws my attention to it. I just, right. it just starts to spiral and spin and it doesn't, it just makes everything worse. I feel like I'm just com- keep complaining more and more on paper. And the point is we're all different. We exactly. all need different things. Know what works for you that you'll read the stuff. Well, right. Journal. Not if it doesn't work for you. Yeah. Don't but make it worse it does, on yourself. Don't, yeah. <laughs> we don't need it. One more should. 
So what helps you deal with the anxiety? Good stuff. And then the last thing is communicate with the other people. Don't oh, we, we have this tendency to not say anything to anybody, to pretend it's not late, to pretend they don't know that something's going on. People want to know. A lot of people can deal with stuff if they if if they know about it. Right, right. This is me in a big way, and I I just don't like it because I'm. It feels like somehow I'm triggering the disappointment by communicating about it, but in reality, the, the disappointment, if there is some, is already there. You know, I'm not actually, I'm just making it worse by not communicating. So that's, yeah. that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. And if you don't communicate, if you don't talk about it, it makes it that it's all about you Oof. and it's not, no, it's you know, really not. you're not doing what you should, should be. Sorry. Well, <clears throat> thank you for playing. what you're committed if, to. <laughs> if you, if you're not keeping your commitments to yourself, to other people, it's not about you. It's about other people as well. And you just need to let them know. Right. Good stuff. I, I feel like I have I have something like as we wrap up, something we can do right away in the middle of the throes of anxiety. And then those are not obviously that's like a band-aid, right? You know, stop wounding yourself is the long term, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's but I triage. also have a band-aid. Like I've got a bleeding sore here. Let me let me put something on it that will help. And then that'll allow me to get back to working on the long term stuff that we talked about. It's good yeah. stuff. Any questions? thoughts what's your takeaway david johnson my takeaway for me today is probably that i'm gonna have a new thing to talk about with my therapist (laughs) Uh, this whole this whole honestly this whole thing about not trusting myself we you know we've talked about this he and i have before but i'm in therapy i don't know if we've talked about that on the podcast but it's actually happening now it's good it's good good yeah so yeah Yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna have that conversation and and the perfectionism conversation And the long-term goal for living easier with ADHD, for having an effortless life, is to build this scaffolding of support for yourself where you can learn to trust yourself. That's what we're really after. And I don't know that I've ever really verbalized that, that concisely before, but that's the golden ticket. That's deep. I don't know that you have. I feel like we've talked about it, but you... Saying it that way is very powerful, and it's also it, it kind of simultaneously it's bittersweet. It kind of gives me hope, but it also reminds me of really how far I still have to go. To oh, and it's not easy, David. Right. I worked on God. I can't tell you how many years I worked on this. Thirty years, and I but I was doing it all by myself. I didn't know. I was just slugging through all by myself and the thing that made the difference is when I got stuck I slipped into problem solving mode instead of oh my god it's me it's horrible blah 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 blah. no this is a problem how do you solve it and you solve it one piece at a time one piece at a time so good yeah so good what would it have been like if you had you in your life (laughs) you know to help you when you didn't know what you now know God, I don't so, know. That kind of brings tears to my eyes. It really does. I'm getting, I'm tearing. Oh, there you go, David. You've made me cry because it, I just wasted so many years and my family struggled and I struggled and I failed and it was just, it was hell. And I know now I sound like everything's just fabulous. Well, here she is. What in the heck does she know she's talking about? Because everything works for her. No, there were so many years when it didn't. Yeah. And, um, 
yeah, it would have been things would have been easier a lot sooner. Well, and, that's and the why... other thing is, David, is that I'm still working on it. You of course, know? it's of just at different levels. And you're maintaining now, which takes a lot less effort. But if you were to somehow stop your maintenance, you'd create a lot of work yeah. for yourself. You know, yeah, but there's still, again. you know, there's still this. It's this continuous self improvement, yeah. and I'm getting closer and closer. And and it's not this idea to be perfect. That's no. not what I'm about at all. It's it's making life as beautiful and easy as I believe it it ought to be. Yeah, because I think life's a gift. And when we can't make it a gift because it's so hard just to do the basic stuff every single day that we need to do, you know, that's not what we're here for. Nope. No, it's, it's not. It's not why we're put here. And with that, that is why this podcast exists. What you <laughs> just described is, is, is why we decided to do this. There are people who maybe they can't afford a coach. Maybe they can't afford the therapy or the program or the, the, the more expensive stuff. But, you know, you can benefit from Dana's expertise and my crazy experiences uh, with this podcast. That's why we're here. So yeah. I hope that you're, as a listener, that you're, you're finding this valuable and... Um, and if so, we'd love to hear from you. And also, if so, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. I was looking at that the other day. We had some good ratings, and it helps us get more pe- help more people the more it, ratings we get. And it, I certainly don't want to go in and rate us. So, right, yeah, no, I haven't done that. If you love it, just throw in a star. Hey, I like that. Or five. I, uh, I actually, yeah, five would be better. But uh, I haven't looked at our ratings and reviews in a while, so I appreciate you saying that. The other thing you can They're do, if you haven't done it, subscribe in your podcast app because that also makes a difference. Uh, believe it or not, even just hitting the subscribe button, but but certainly a rating and review is good. And if you're finding this really valuable and you know someone that needs it, just share it with them. Send it. Send it. Send them a. You know, text message, a, a, a tweet, uh, an Instagram note, something, and just say, hey, check this out. I think you'd, you'd appreciate this one episode or whatever. That'd be really great. Yeah. All right, All right, David. Thanks a lot for today. It's been wonderful. And listeners, you go out there and kick yourself some ADHD. Remember, life doesn't have to be so hard. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Kick Some ADHD with Dana Rayburn and David Johnson. Did you find this helpful? Please share it with everyone you know who, squirrel, uh, um, has ADHD or might, and leave a rating and a review in your podcast app. It helps other people find us. For more help with ADHD, including information on Dana's ADHD Success Club and episodes of Kick Some ADHD you've missed, go to kicksomeadhd.com.